Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The sheriff's race is one of the most important races in San Diego County this election season. It's the first time in decades that an incumbent isn't running for re-election, and it's a chance to succeed former Sheriff Bill Gore, whose tenure was marked by 200-plus jail deaths. Ahead of the June 7th primary, the San Diego Union-Tribune editorial board met with the top three candidates, former Assistant City Attorney John Hemmerling, Under Sheriff Kelly Martinez, and retired Sheriff's Commander Dave Myers. In this interview, you're going to hear their responses to the high number of jailed deaths, as well as why they're the best candidate for the job. The full interviews are available online at sandiegouniontribune.com slash opinion. You can't have seen the reporting for the last three years about jail deaths or have read the state audit and, and not come away thinking that there needs to be a really an entire cultural shift at the sheriff's department in jails. So how do you propose to coming in from the outside, you know, um, how do you propose to make that uh, cultural shift? Well, the uh, the first thing that I want to hit on, I'm going to go back to a little bit is, um, and I'll come to this as the broader answer is about, um, you know, I, as I mentioned in, um, and you've probably seen it in my uh, some of the responses that I've had, I have I have actually run jails before. Whenever um, we were activated um, uh, a battalion to go to Iraq, um, you know, I was board selected to command that to command that uh, that battalion. It was originally an an artillery battalion. And I was told that I needed to transition to become a provisional military police battalion. And part of that was going to be, uh, by the way, running jails. And it was running jails in a time that was post Abu Ghraib. And we know what was going on on, on, on Abu Ghraib at the time. And this is, this is analogous to now, the problems that were there. You know, the Marine Corps didn't want these kind of problems. They, they, they didn't want to be on, this, on the spotlight. They wanted things done right. And so they, um, you know, they early on identified individuals that, um, that, that, could, that could understand this and give them time to be able to, 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 to develop the understanding and making sure it's done right. Um, you know, so, um, you know, when, when, when I got there, of course, I, I, I got assistance from, we actually got assistance from some, you know, some, some civilian jailers. We got assistance from, you know, all across the military, but, um, but I was the one that was, had to set in place on how we're going to do things better. Um, you know, I insisted on proper medical staff, you know, with the, the original medical staff that, that, that I was given was wholly insufficient based on my analysis. I was able to double medical staff whenever we finally got to Iraq. Um, you know, I, you know I, I put in an, an, an oversight staff, an oversight staff meaning the proper command structure set up that I thought gave me direct interaction that was necessary, um, you know, with, a, with a, someone of rank that, that, that could run each one of those jails while I was there. Um, I had I, I put in place an inspection team, an inspection team that drove around constantly to these four places and doing surprise inspections, doing training um, on uh, ways to do things better. I put strong leaders in place, and as personal attention, it was one of my um, things that they that the the uh, the individuals who ran each one of those jails knew that it was a personal um, uh, matter to me. I was gonna make sure it was done right. And I was out there you know, inspecting them myself on surprise inspections. I had my executive officer go out at times that I couldn't do it. And I had my operations officer doing the same thing on top of all those things. Because th those individuals that were running those jails needed to know that it needed to be done professionally, it needed to be done properly, and, and it needed to treat 
you know, you know everyone with respects and, and make sure it's done right. You know, you put the right um, climate in place, everything starts falling in place and everybody understands what's going on. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I was specifically noted for my success as a battalion commander in, in, in Iraq by a three-star general's report to the joint uh, session of Congress on military reserves um, uh, act activities. And it was because of the things that, that we did um, that was um, um, there. So let's get back to, I guess, the current of the things going on in the jails. No, what's going on in the jails, I think we could all agree is a microcosm of also what's going on in, you know, out on the streets and in society. You know, the, the drug use, the, uh, the fentanyl use, the, the overdoses, things like that. We're seeing the same things on, on the street as well. You know, we can, we can, and we can tie this back to some of the, the changes in the laws that are out there. I know you've seen me talk about Prop 47. Um, you know, we're, you know, we, we have Prop 47, but there never was that back end, you know, support that that needed to, to uh, be there to support those to, that now would be using drugs to get them off of drugs or to get them off the street. And it was so slow to be implemented and still really hasn't been implemented that we've got this problem and the problems on the street. And a lot of that then ends up in the jails. And, um, you know, and so, you know, like it or not, the sheriff's department needs to deal with it and they, they need to deal with it properly. Um, the first thing that everyone who works for me at the sheriff's department is going to know that, um, you know, a fair, unbiased, comprehensive care and custody is the number one priority uh, for running those jails. And it's going to come as the same, the same attitude I took when I did it when I was when I was the CEO in, in, in Iraq. You know, they, 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 they need to know that that it's, it's, a, it's a, a big priority of mine. You know, I think that we, you know, we also need to implement the recommendations and further review for best practices from the, uh, you know, the Board of State and Community Corrections and the National Commission on Correctional Health Care. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, just as an example, the, you know, Title 15 says, you know, minimum standards. Well, I think even titling something minimum, you know, standard is a bad way to do business. We should look at the best way to do stuff, not just the minimum way of doing stuff. Um, so let me just kick the mic back to you for a 30-second close, John. Why should voters choose you over um, your opponents? Well, I think it gets back to the uh, the things that, that I pointed out about earlier. I mean, I pointed out um, some of my, my thoughts on things. It gets back to, I think, um, leadership. Um, I've given you some points on leadership on things that I've done throughout my entire career of public service. Um, I'm not in this for to be a politician. I'm in it to give the public an opportunity and a choice to um, to see it, you know, a, a different choice than the status quo. I think the status quo is not good enough. Um, I think you all have pointed that out. I think many people I speak to have pointed that out. Uh, we, we need to set and expect a higher standard. Um, I've got a uh, proven track record of setting an, a higher standard and uh, solving problems and, and listening to, to people to try to solve those problems. And um, when I'm sheriff, um, I will be the same here. I will be a person who's gonna listen to that, listen to the media, listen to the public, uh, to try to make us a better and safer county. And so, so, so much has been made about um, Sheriff Gore and jail deaths in particular, and we'll get into some of that as you can imagine. But let me ask you, um, you know, you've been in the department for nearly 40 decades in leadership, particularly as an undersheriff um, in, in recent times. How much of that particular issue of, of the jail's um, failures to keep inmates alive it, it is or should be your responsibility? You know, I, I don't think people really understand uh, how the department is structured, and, and I'll explain 
some of that. When I got hired in 1985, I was assigned to work in the jails as a deputy sheriff. I uh, worked in the jails for about three years and um, then was assigned to uh, patrol operations. At that time, we didn't have a detention services bureau. Uh, I think it was in 1987 that bureau um, was implemented and law enforcement deputies such as myself didn't uh, go back for a jail tour, at least in my career. I didn't uh, I didn't have any more exposure or, or interaction with the jails until I became the undersheriff a little over a year ago. Um, my entire career path was in the law enforcement services bureau with which other than, you know, arresting people and booking them into the jail, I really didn't have any oversight or involvement in the jails. I didn't work in the jail system and really wasn't aware of all of the changes and all of the things that had occurred in the jails during that uh, three decades or so. It, it seems fundamentally, um, and we'll get into some more of this too, but just at a high level, 30,000 foot question, much of what's required at this moment with the jails is a culture shift, right? It, it seems like Sheriff Gore spent years denying there was a problem in, in the jails, even pushed back on the state audit, um, you know, deputies as a state audit laid out would sometimes glance into jail cells for a minute as a, as a walk by and, and, and seem to think that that was okay to check on the safety and security of inmates. Um, how do you propose to ch change the whole culture, the, the, really the entirety uh, of the culture at, at the jails? What are your thoughts uh, on how much of that is needed and how would you implement that? Well, there's a lot that's needed and, and the department, uh, you know, really all, all of us understand that a lot of change is needed and, and, and it's really wanted a change. It's, it's necessary change. And we're already uh, making a lot of uh, fundamental changes. Those really started last year uh, when the auditors came to um, our department and started, uh, you know, we, we opened all of our doors to them. We provided them with all of our policies, everything that had been happening in the jails, uh, they reviewed all of our documents and everything they asked for, we've, we've provided to them. Uh, I've made it clear a number of times that I've embraced this audit, I've embraced the findings of the audit. And I really believe a lot of those changes are necessary and a lot of those changes we've already begun. Uh, as you said, the um, security checks haven't been sufficient. Uh, there hasn't been enough medical and mental health uh, screening, there's at intake, we've we've changed that and we're going to be doing more as we continue to hire staff. We really have a staffing shortage, uh, a shortage of nurses, a shortage of uh, training, uh, the infrastructure of the jails needs uh, a lot of renovation, a lot of upgrades. Uh, you know, the wireless system, we're, we're moving forward on that. I approved about $16 million and that project should be completed by the end of the year. And that's going to really connect all of our systems, our telehealth and telemedicine all of our healthcare systems right now and, and previously doctors didn't necessarily see what another doctor's uh, notes were. This uh, health system will connect all of that. Uh, we've just, uh, you know, our contract is just starting uh, with the healthcare system that will be coming in and helping with um, managing all of those contracts. We have, I think, 23 or 25 different healthcare contracts for specialists, uh, you know, our physicians and um, psychiatrists, everything from x-ray technicians and dentists, all of those contracts will now be managed by uh, one provider who will provide the training and, and the policies and help us implement the medical and mental health screenings at intake. We started about a week ago with a more um, 
robust questioning and intake of all of the individuals who come into our custody related to substance use and, and what they might be um, experiencing uh, when they come into our custody as far as withdrawals. We'll, we'll be doing urine screenings to understand what drugs they're on so that we can provide the medical protocols that will help with those withdrawal symptoms and hopefully ease uh, some of the medical issues that occur when they're going through withdrawal. So there's a lot we're doing already. There's a lot more that needs to, to come. And, um, you know, it's not all, it, all of it's not happening fast enough for myself, but also for our staff. Uh, everyone's very encouraged and excited about the changes. Um, the biggest need though, really the biggest priority is hiring enough staff so that we can accomplish all of the things we need to accomplish. You want a 30 second closing remark where you can summarize anything you want if you keep it brief? Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to um, spend some time with all of you, answer the questions that you have. They're all very important and complex. And I'm absolutely committed to doing the best job for our public and for our communities and for individuals who are in our custody. And I'm committed to seeing um, the changes made in our jail system. Thank you very much. Let me, we're gonna get into the issues and talk about jail deaths quite a bit, but let me ask you at the, at the outset, a, a jail death question. So many of these are happening very early on, two, three days, you know, 40, 72 hours upon the hold, upon the moment of incarceration. Why is that? And what would, how would that change under, uh, with, with you as sheriff? Yeah, you know, there's, there's some immediate things that I would absolutely implement. I mean, it's, uh, I think it was the CLERB latest report on jail deaths talked about the highest rate of suicides, and they got into a little bit of the data that was available, and it was white males, first time in jail, in custody three days or less. You know, in my field, in my over three decades in law enforcement, that's a clue, and that's who we should be paying attention to, and I know in a jail setting that within, you usually don't are not moved to a housing floor within three days. So you know where they are, you know how to watch them. On day one, we need to ensure that we have the proper staff to interview, to assess these individuals, mental health staff. If an inmate comes in like the young Marine who hung himself in Vista jail, comes in in his booking photo, it shows ligature marks on his neck. Yet he was not observed not evaluated and allowed into a cell by himself where he killed himself. We need to implement for those that come in that are under the influence of drugs immediately and not wait. Opioid withdrawal programs, if that's what it is. Alcohol withdrawal programs. I had an uncle who was an alcoholic and when he came down off of it, I mean, it was very sick. The person was very sick. We need to have those professionals in the jail now. And if, and if it takes asking the Board of Supervisors to declare the county jail system a public health risk now, which would open up access to hiring outside independent mental health practitioners, nurses. I mean, we saw um, medical professionals that were traveling to go to different jurisdictions. There is a crisis in our county jail system that's accelerating and inmates are dying at higher rates. And I think that is a cause to declare the county jail system a public health crisis and allow monies to flow to bring in those professionals right now. If we are going to implement 
a mobile crisis response team in the field to respond to those in mental health crisis, create crisis stabilization centers for the exact same reason. We need to implement the same process of procedures and professionals inside the county jail system. So a follow-up, are you saying you do that on day one? And what, what would that unlock in terms of federal aid or other help? Yeah, yeah, federal aid right away. Federal aid, it would unlock access to um, the bureaucratic contracting systems, which are in place that take too long to bring individuals in. It would allow contracting for immediate contracting for healthcare practitioners to come in, nurses, uh, doctors, and true trained medical and mental professionals on day one to come into our county jail systems and just start with adhering to some of the recommendations in the JLAC report. How it really will take a, a, an entire cultural shift, right? A shift of the culture of the, the, the department. So how, how do you do that? How long will that take? How do you accomplish that goal? Yeah, so the, you know, it's a large organization. It's 4,700 staff positions. How do you change the culture within an organization that right now, in my opinion, because of the clear lack of leadership, and the void at the top of this organization to set standards and hold people accountable, I think once you have a sheriff at the top of the organization that has a proven track record, that sets obtainable goals and holds people accountable, that from there, those hundreds of deputy sheriffs and command staff folks currently in the department that have called me and asked me to come back and run, for sheriff to be the leader of this organization, we're gonna see significant changes. I mean, we talked about this last time. Um, I think Matt, maybe Chris were there. Uh, the retaliation that took place because I spoke out, because I ran against the sheriff. And there's a reason that I was very open with the retaliation that took place against me. And that's to set a tone that you don't speak up and you don't speak out. Dave, why don't you give us 30 seconds why voters should choose you over your opponents. So I'm running for sheriff again because I have a proven track record of solution-driven law enforcement practices. My 35 years in law enforcement, retiring as a commander, I've created solutions that make communities safer, that create an environment in which people want to come to work that they can thrive and do their job and the community appreciates it. Even if you disagree with me, I'm not afraid to sit down and engage with you. Any community members across the County of San Diego or deputy sheriffs within the San Diego Sheriff's Department or any medical staff, because I think for the most part, all of us have the same goals within the community and the department that want to make things better and we can, and I'm running because I believe I can. Just a reminder, you can find Q&As from all candidates in the sheriff's race at sandiegouniontribune.com slash 2022 primary guide. Thanks for listening.